1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation. Of course, I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the deep recesses of her basement, (laughs) with wine in hand, is the blonde Boncho herself and Kerrigan?
0: Good evening. Yes, I do have my wine. What kind? What kind? Of course. What kind? Uh, it's People red. Don't know. It's, it's called 19 Crimes. Excuse it's me. It's actually a red blend. Really? I like it. Yes. I yeah. like it.
1: Have you ever tried, uh, let's see, not Sinfidel, is another word for uh, Rizzling, Rizzling wine.
0: Uh, Riceling.
1: Yeah, Reisling. that's it. That could be I,
0: it. You know what? I've only, I don't usually like a Riesling because it's too sweet. Too but sweet, yeah. one Riesling that I have ever had, maybe it is Riesling. Is it Riesling? Somebody correct me or clarify it. But, anyways, um, I think I it's Riesling. I know better than do that. Um,
1: to correct last,
0: you. last summer, we were up in Bar Harbor and we went to this wonderful winery up there, the mm-hmm. name of which is escaping me because it was two summers ago. But, uh, I loved it. I, I I bought a bottle of their um, – I think it's Riesling and loved it. But it's wicked expensive, and it's the kind of thing you only buy on vacation. Mm. Uh, and I haven't – it's a dry – it's a dry Riesling. So,
1: yeah, Jan drinks that.
0: She yeah, that. but it's usually not – yeah, it's usually too sweet for me. But um, I like uh, – <laughs> Funny Nate, he says, too sweet. Is that French or something? <laughs> too sweet. Oh, I get that. <laughs> he got it. Um that's, yep. uh, I usually amazing. like a nice cab. Nice cabernet. That's my favorite Cabernet. That's my favorite kind. Yeah. So. Ghost Pines. Someone, okay. my good friend Joanne gave me a bottle of ghost pines one year for my birthday. For my fiftieth birthday, I believe. 50th? And No. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I must have been mistaken. It was my 40th, my 40th birthday. I've I've got to change.
1: (laughs) My God. Put her out the pasture.
0: But anyways, um, yeah, Ghost Pines is like the best cab I've ever had, but also very expensive. It's like $20 a bottle. Ah. So I can't afford it. I can't afford it on my paltry public access salary.
1: Wow! Well, when we do our new calendar, you'll be, we'll be.
0: Oh, we'll be rolling in the dough. Yeah, rolling. Sure, rolling, sure. I tell you.
1: That's what I was thinking.
0: Rolling in something. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. But anyways, uh, yes. Have you, have you ever tried apparition wine? I have not. Uh-huh. Where,
0: what kind wine. of wine is that?
1: It's a, uh, it's a white wine.
0: Oh, is it a, a, a like a Chardonnay or a Pinot Noir? Not a Pinot Noir, but a oh, yeah. Pinot like Grigio. I, I hate Pinot Grigio. Blech. Like I know any of that crap. No, I know. I know. You like that wine in the box, huh? No, I don't drink wine.
1: <laughs> I, I, on occasion.
0: You just wine. You don't like drink at, it.
1: At, at the.
0: Ha <laughs> That was that's so funny. I'm so clever.
1: Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's also a uh, vampire wine as well, which is good.
0: That's a Oh, red. I have seen that. Yeah. I have I brought seen that,
1: that. I brought that to the Collinwood when we yes. went up there. Yeah,
0: yeah yep. well, that must okay. be where I saw it.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, when well, we went up there, yeah.
0: So, yes. Anyway,
1: uh, so Halloween's over. We can finally. Oh. Uh, now we're getting so to the good season. Of course, it's my Christmas time.
0: Yay. I- I want to jingle tell you.
1: bells, jingle bells, bells. Oh, shush, shush,
0: shush, 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 shush. Oh, uh, now, stop oh, that. Okay. Stop that. Can we get to Thanksgiving before we start with that? What? I want you to know what I made tonight. Oh, okay. I made a Christmas hat, and I'm just saying, I really enjoyed it. You know that top hat that I had that I offered to you because I'm just like that? Yeah, right. Anyway, so it was way too big for your little bitty head. So I made it into a Christmas top hat, and it's got, like, Christmas ribbon on it, and it looks like Frosty the Snowman's hat. It looks really cool now. And I'm all proud of myself because I did a Christmas thing unprompted.
1: (laughs) I'm simply amazed.
0: I know. Isn't it crazy? Maybe I'll have a good Christmas. Maybe that's... I'll have a good Christmas this year. I've decided. Well, good. Maybe I'll like Christmas because this year. Because I had
1: presents for you, but I wasn't going to give it to you because you're such a freaking Scrooge.
0: Oh, that's not nice.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You're
0: that's supposed true. to make me, right? You sp- isn't everybody always tried to get Scrooge to, like, come out of that whole hating Christmas thing? So you know, like three ghosts you can, and a so dead person. You can, you can never give up on me.
1: You want me to send you three ghosts and a dead person? I can do hey, that.
0: Send me three gifts. That'll pull me right out of it.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: I get you the I tri- get you the Christmas goose.
0: Oh. Yeah, just what I need. <laughs> eat I eaten. I have
1: no idea what it what it even tastes like.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I've had duck. I've never had goose.
1: Yeah, I've had duck. Duck. What?
0: Duck duck goose. Yeah. Chipmunk. The game. Yeah, chipmunk. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh,
0: inside joke. <laughs> so we
1: have um, we next week will be our live show.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, while we wait for our guests to join us, uh, I
0: have to say, our next. Yeah. So, show.
1: Yeah, so we're going to we've never done this, really. We've never really promoted it ahead of time. But we're going to do it today because we have time on our hands.
0: Yeah, that's fine. So
1: who is our guest for, uh, for it'll be a live video show, correct?
0: It will be. It will be a live, live, live video show um, from EBC-TV, and um, we have a really interesting guest who was – he works with Frank Grace, who people may have remembered.
1: Can I I interrupt you for a second? Yes. Uh, Karina, uh, we need the number for the station, so could you give that out to us? I think it's 877-864-4869. I'm not sure. Anyway, so – I believe. Can you put that in chat for us, dear Karina? Oh, sweetheart, you all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all.
1: Anyways, yes. Yeah, so our next guest—I so, mean, next week.
0: So our guest next week um, uh, wrote a book. Oh, they changed that number. Oh my That's God! Completely different from what we had. Okay. Oh, I wow. guess it's on. But anyways, so <laughs> okay. our guest yeah. next week will be author Sam Baltrusis. And he uh, has a number of books out and worked with Frank Grace on a, um, a uh, haunted calendar for this year. And he also has a new book called uh, Haunted Boston Harbor. So that will be our guest next week on our 24th episode. It's our second anniversary, Ron. How could you forget?
1: Who said I forgot? <laughs>
0: Well, you weren't mentioning it.
1: Well, you know it's not the 24th yet. I was bringing flowers. <laughs> oh,
0: thank God! Oh, thank God!
1: Anyways, uh, big that is next week. Next week, which will be the next video, week. the video uh, broadcast. And speaking about the video broadcast, we we now have our guest in line who was on one of our video broadcasts, and he is a ghost hunter and demonologist and the founder of Near. And uh, an all around good guy, Mr. Keith Johnson.
2: Good evening. There you go. <laughs> Hi, Keith.
0: We're all holding our breath. Hi, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> oh, good then, to chat with you on, again. Might be at the Laird skypes. So I just thought of that. Ah. <laughs> uh, it could so be. So, anyways, Keith, thank you for joining us, and especially in such You're short Uh you you know, I was looking at your your website and, and you do uh you do a lot, you really do. Uh you've written uh, a couple of books and you've written uh you also are the founder of uh Nier and yeah. you do your own uh television show uh which is Ghosts on Near, which is kinda of play on yeah. words. Get it, Ghost on Nier yeah. found
2: yeah, okay. Yes it
1: is. Yes. <laughs> so I mean yeah you've been around for a long time, Mr. Johnson. And, uh, I mean, how are you, are you still finding it enjoyable as you did in the beginning?
2: I do find the, um, the actual investigations and dealing with people very enjoyable. I mean, that, that never gets old. Um, some things of course are frustrating in the field. You know, there always are like, uh, you have people reaching out, uh, to you from Alabama and you know is they expecting that you can just uh hop on a jet or take a caravan of vans and get right out <laughs> there you know but uh you know it just um it just is not feasible and um they they see that on the TV shows people do and they don't realize that that's the studio funding their their transportation usually if it's a TV show but uh um, right. yeah we we do find it very enjoyable and um always nice to investigate and deal with it. and to know that you are, are making a difference in some people's lives that uh, that never grows tiresome and that's um that's always a reward in itself
1: i i have to ask you a question and and this kind of goes with the your answer and and throughout through the years of course i have never taken a dime for ghost hunting uh at all but when you have a case like that and, and say you had to go out to alabama I mean, is it really wrong to uh have your way paid for by the client then what's your thoughts on that
2: i i don't you know it I don't think it's it's wrong um because sometimes there's just no no other way to get there i mean uh mm-hmm. unless uh, we say well we'll we'll take your case then we'll we'll have to move out there permanently you know, <laughs> back, you know? but uh, yeah um you know it's uh it's just sometimes it's it's impossible you know because we're not doing this for profit you know and uh you, you know the feeling you know you you don't do it for profit but there's um you know you can't just hop on and you're going to go you know all across the country or or even international it's um right. just not feasible it's it's for that reason that uh my wife Sandra and I try to uh network as much as possible and that's why we're always looking to get uh, connections, reputable connections, that um, we can say, well, we have, um, say, it's uh, somebody out in California. Um, we're trying to get more and more contacts in California that, uh, you know, are basically like-minded to us, and we'll go out and try to try to help the client. And, um, you know, that will, of course, not try to rip them off or uh, make false promises or anything. But. So it's you know somebody who's uh, we can trust and would be reputable. We do try to uh, network with other investigation other investigation groups and uh, private investigators that will go out and uh, help the client and pretty much do the same thing we would if if it were feasi- feasibly possible for us to physically be there. So that's where networking comes in, and uh, that's one advantage to uh, going to. The conventions, which are getting, of course, more and more conventions, paranormal conventions. And oh, you tend yeah. to meet people there that uh, you can network with and, you know, tell them, if I ever have a case, can I send it to you? And, uh, you know, we can confer on that. So that's that's quite an advantage there if you can network with somebody in another state or another region altogether. I mean, but isn't it Absolutely. difficult?
1: Because you, you meet these people at conventions, say, and you really don't know of – you know their ethics. You, you certainly don't do background checks on them, and you you, you right. know you don't how reputable they really are. And you know you trust your gut, and, and you might hit it off. But it, it's such a difficult thing. You know, I mean, like Taps had their family Taps families, but they weren't really, you know, uh, really investigated or or anything where they you know had to be certified or something. But you know, for certain particular reasons. Uh, yeah. You fight, isn't that difficult? I mean, for, you know, networking is great, but, you know, when you put, because your your reputation becomes in the line, too.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, that that became uh, difficult. You know, that actually became difficult with TAPS, too, because mm-hmm. when the TAPS family started out, it was um, people that uh, we knew each other intimately. You know, we might not live in the same state, but uh, we'd known each other for uh quite a long time, and we became close. We were like family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we referred to it as uh, TAPS family. Right. Uh, we had our friend out in D.C. and uh, we had our friends in Massachusetts that we would get together and uh, go on cases together and, and just socialize whenever mm-hmm. we were in the area and always kept uh, in touch by emails or phone calls. So we knew each other years intimately and so that that you could trust however then again of course then you get the uh, taps becomes huge with the advent of ghost hunters and suddenly every state has taps families they have several oh, groups yeah. that have taps families but uh mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to really get to know these people intimately and, and very well mm-hmm. and so that that actually became very very difficult to have to monitor a group so um We'd have groups that would become TAPS family, and then they would be out of the TAPS family, and then more in and more out. So, uh, you know, it became very, very difficult to manage on that, that big a basis. And But, you know, Sandra and I have met a number of uh, personal friends that, you know, we we are personal friends with them, and we've, um, you know, gotten to know each other very, very well, and that's that's who we would actually trust to uh, to take over or intervene for uh, clients that may be in another state and we of course usually are Communicating with the clients during that time um, You know such as uh, our friend who's a demonologist Tim Yancey out in Florida You know we would not hesitate to uh, recommend mm-hmm. him to to somebody in Florida because we right. we know him personally, and he's got um, uh, background very similar to us, and he knows the stuff and uh, not like that, but of course the uh, you're absolutely right. The ones that you can absolutely trust 100%, they're kind of few and far between. So mm-hmm. you you meet somebody, but you have to kind of work with them for quite some time and keep in touch with them before you really know you can recommend a client to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I think networking is very important. I mean, not only in the paranormal, but in in, in any kind of professional field that you're in. But I think that It's so important because, I mean, we almost – we have our own kind of little network, Ron, of people that we tend to work with a lot. Oh, absolutely. As well. And you know the people – I can trust this person and I can refer to this person and, you know, even just here. um, And and you come to know them and and how they work and that's really, really important. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that is very important.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, so I, I remember, you know, it's difficult because even on the radio show, I, I've run into problems with that. Years ago, I had a, a gentleman on the show who was an author, and uh, he came on the show. And the next thing I know, I received an email saying, why did you have this guy on the show? Don't you know he's a neo-Nazi, blah, 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 blah. No. And, and sure enough, I looked up uh, into his past, and I realized this guy was that. But, you know, it had really nothing to do with the the subject we were talking about but right, yet, yeah. yet still you know you, you don't want to be associated with that type of uh uh you know organization at least i don't anyways <laughs> no <laughs> but I, I think we have a a, a question for uh, keith
0: we do have a, a question from our togina chat room excuse me from john and uh john would like to know keith have you ever encountered a demon before, and is there any way to banish the demon? Oh.
1: Interesting. Oh, he lost him.
0: Oh. Darn. That would be why he's not answering.
1: <laughs> Could be.
0: I'm like, wow, it got awful quiet.
1: Uh, let me see if I can do this.
0: All right. Keith, I... you
1: there?
2: Keith? Oh, no. Keith? Hello?
0: There he is. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes.
2: We we got um, we got cut off from each other for a moment for whatever reason.
0: Okay. Uh, oh wow.
2: Yeah. It must be paranormal. It must be. Yeah. <laughs> did you? I don't nice. know. If you
0: heard, I don't know if you heard our question, Keith, from the chat room.
2: Oh no, I did not. Actually, we got cut off right before that.
0: Oh okay. We have a question from John in our chat room, and he wants to know: Have you ever encountered a demon before? And is there any way to banish the demon? <clears throat> oh
2: uh, okay yes yes i have encountered uh demonic entities before and there are ways of um banishing entities <clears throat> but of course it depends on the situation you know if you're being um personally encountering a demon or if you're intervening on behalf of a family um now the family of course you can uh sit down with them and it's very much like a counseling session. You sit down with them and you tell them uh, how they can uh, get rid of a demonic entity, how they can keep it away. You give them advice on how to keep it away. Then, of course, it is up to the client to follow that, hopefully follow that advice. Um, I have uh, encountered uh, demonic entities in the line of my work. Uh, My wife, Sandra, and I both have. And what we do is for protection is, we usually put on the armor of God, and that's from the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Um, actually, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, when uh, Paul the Apostle is writing about the armor of God, putting on the helmet of salvation, the uh, breastplate of righteousness, and so on, and so on. Uh-huh. And um, your uh, waist buckled with belt of truth, and That is very, very effective. We find that very effective when we go into a situation where there may be an inhuman entity involved. And uh, we've actually found out that the demon usually knows that you are fitted with the armor of God. Uh, Obviously, uh, the average person would not know this unless they're extremely sensitive or they have the gift of discernment. But certainly a demonic entity can tell that you have... uh, recited this scripture prayerfully and that you have this spiritual protection on you. And, um, of course we never try to banish a a demon in our own name. We, we never just say, you know, get out, scat, you know, that (laughs) we, we always do that very, very prayerfully. And, um, we, uh, call upon the name of God and upon the name of Christ when doing so. And we do pray, pray the, um, armor of God beforehand. We also recommend Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a very, very powerful prayer of protection. In fact, it is so meaningful that uh, in Scripture, in the Bible, Satan actually used that psalm to tempt Christ in the wilderness. And of course, uh, Satan didn't use the entire psalm, of course, but certain aspects of it to try to tempt Christ. But it is very, very effective. Psalm 91, and also Ephesians six are two of the main scriptures that we use when uh, confronted by a demonic entity.
1: Well, one that we use is uh, the prayer of Saint Michael. Of course, uh, Saint Michael was like God's marines. In fact, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we have uh, I, we've actually started producing our own Van Helsing special blend, smudge spiritual spray, which, oh. <laughs> which has. Mm-hmm. Which which is, is is predominantly holy water in in, uh, in uh, liquid smudge and uh, has the Saint Michael's prayer on it. It has a Reiki infused bottle and it also uh, has a blessed silver cross on it as well uh, around the uh-huh. thing. So we you know I mean you have to uh, to me anyways. I think you have to address the possibilities of running into. You know, some people don't like the word "demon," negative energy, but I like to say "demon" because that's what I believe they are. And I think we have a, a right. question in the chat room regarding that, don't we? Uh, yeah.
0: We've got a couple questions from Ghost Hunter in our chat room, and uh, Ghost Hunter said, "I heard that you cannot say a demon's name out loud. Is that true?"
2: Well, that that is actually um, depends on the situation. Usually saying a demon's name out loud uh, will not summon that demon. Um, I know there's been a big deal made out of that, but uh, usually that will not affect um, the situation. Saying a demon's name out loud would not necessarily uh, summon a demon. It's not necessarily that dangerous. However, there are instances if you're around somebody that is very sensitive and very suggestible, then um, then there might be a problem. So. We, we tend to avoid just outright saying uh, the names of demonic entities because um, just some people are very suggestible and they could be very upset by this. And uh, they could, um, and if, if somebody believes it and becomes terrified, then there, there could be a negative reaction. But um, I have to understand also, uh, demons, they're, they're very wise. They're very wise and they don't play by our rules. So and they're excellent masqueraders. So if you say the name of a high lord, a high demonic name, and, of course, anybody can go on online and get a list, um, you know, A to Z, uh, of all the names of the uh, main demonic entities. Oh, yeah. However, that does not mean that you're summoning that demon. Uh, if a demon happens to be in the area, and somebody is actually trying to, to conjure that demonic entity using a name, well— that could attract a demon if they're intentionally trying to draw it in. But that doesn't mean it's that, that name. It, just, it could be masquerading as a high lord, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not that demon at all. But because you're summoning a demonic entity, it's going to pretend to be that name. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's, um, yeah. it's putting a masquerade out. Uh, if somebody calls upon this high lord, well, the high lord, it may not be that high lord, but a demon will answer pretending to be that. Any, any demon can say it is the devil. And that doesn't mean that it's Satan himself, but because this uh, demon works under the authority of Satan, it seemingly has the right to call itself Satan. And what's what's more terrifying than to say you're the devil it, it, itself, you know? So, um, right. and of course, that was used in the in the Exorcist, the story, of the Exorcist. Even though that's a fictional story, some of it is based on truth, where the demon uh, claims to be the devil himself, and that's. That's to make the, um, the intervening priests look like fools, and also to, as a terrorist tactic to show how powerful it is, where it's actually bluffing. And uh, in our work, Sandra and I have encountered that in a uh, case of possession, where the possessing entity claimed to be the devil, but most likely was in fact not Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to take a break right now and we'll come back. And
1: actually, have a, we have a couple more questions for you as well. So, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation right here on Tochinet, Pararex, uh, Planet Paro, wherever else we'll be in broadcast. Uh, special guest, Keith Johnson, right
2: An oasis in this hectic world.
0: Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation, with Ron and Ann, and our special guest this evening, demonologist and investigator Keith Johnson.
2: There you go. Hello there. Good to be (laughs) back.
0: All
1: right. So we were we were talking. Uh, you were talking about uh, just prior to it how demons can sometimes uh, use uh, a lesser, I mean, a, a higher name uh, as a intimidation factor. Uh, yeah. Can you summon devils? I mean, there there is the Church of Satan. There is, you know, people who do Ouija boards and they say they summon demons. Are they truly summoning demons, or is it just, you know, like a shot in the dark? And
2: well, I I believe that um, a lot of times, certain uh, well, if a satanic group is um, calling upon satanic names, they're obviously summoning demons. Um, it's a chance. It's totally a chance whether a demon will actually answer. Um, it's a random chance. It doesn't necessarily mean that 100%, uh, summoning a demon will cause a demon to manifest, but, um, often demons do, uh, appear. They do come when they're summoned, um, by, by, uh, ritual, satanic ritualist, ritualistic practices. Um, we using a Ouija board, uh, in my, My personal opinion, and there is a lot of evidence to back this up, I think most of the time it is your subconscious. It's your subconscious uh, impulses uh, causing the planchette to move. Your fingers are on it. You're asking questions, and your subconscious is really going to really take over at times and start answering. So you're actually figuring out these answers. You're asking questions, and you're answering it yourself through your subconscious. I think that's... um, most often what happens however the danger is that you are opening your psyche up and you're inviting an unseen entity to actually cause your fingers to move a planchette you're asking you're actually surrendering some of your motor control asking it to push the planchette with your, using your your motor skills and um so that's where the danger comes in if by chance if by chance a demon is summoned or happens to be in the area, aware that you are trying to summon, they could easily take that as an invitation and permission to uh, actually manipulate your motor skills, your motor control, to a certain extent. And that's actually inviting it right in. So sometimes these entities are a lot easier to invite in than they are to get rid of.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And
1: we have, we have another question as well.
0: That, I was just going to you know, comment on the Ouija board. I, I think oh that's... yeah, feel free. Yeah, that's um, a different viewpoint. Um, valid, you know, I would think. Um, but our, our other question is, how do you know the difference between a demon and a ghost?
2: A demon, well, that's sometimes very, very hard to tease apart. Um, because in, in my opinion, again, and I have, um, you know, my experience does tend to, to back this up. Uh, when you have a ghost or you have a demon, they have come through and the way they can, the way a spirit manifests is through a portal. And for lack of a better word, we tend to refer to it as a portal, an opening. And it seems to be, even though it's called a portal, it seems to me more like, uh, there's a certain frequency that is more conducive for spirits to travel through, or at least communicate through and manifest through, uh, some of it call call it a weakening in the energy wall. Um, I don't know if it's actually a literal weakening, but it's um, for some reason certain um, certain spots of energy are more conducive, more uh, pliable for a spirit to manipulate, and you can actually feel that if you're sensitive sensitive at all you can feel when a spirit is starting to manifest to come through uh, because you'll feel that shift in the energy. Uh, it's, it's very similar to tuning a dial radio wave. And uh, once a ghost comes through, uh, that, of course, that shows that there, there is spirit activity coming through. That could also mean that a demon is coming through too. And the more that is used, the easier it seems for spirits to come and go So um, I would be very wary, even if it is a ghost, I would be very, very wary of communicating with that spirit form because um, that could mean that 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 opening, that doorway that that you don't actually see, but that spiritual doorway could be open to a demonic entity as well. So it's very, very dangerous when you start that form of communication. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, that's the interesting thing. I mean, there's so many people that have been, you know, because of shows like Ghost Hunter, Ghost Adventures, Most Haunted, that have got wrapped up into mm-hmm. this Ghost hunted thing that, you know, they don't really take, to me anyway, they don't take enough precautions for when they, when they do right. this investigating. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And um, even, you know, not, not that I'm recommending summoning spirits, uh, doing a ritual for to summon them, um, or using a Ouija board. Many people do. I personally, Sandra and I, actually do not recommend that at all. Uh-huh. But even for people that do, even pe- people that, that do try to summon spirits, the least they should do is they should do a closing at the end. If they're engaging in spirit activities, such as a Ouija board or um, even a seance or so, which, of course, you know, I personally do not conduct seances, but uh, for those who do, they should at least take the precaution of doing a closing, respectfully doing a closing at the end of that session, whether it's a seance, um, a Ouija board session, or even a a divining rod session. Uh, They should do a closure at the end, um, just thanking for the communication, and you're now ending, and make that clear that you're now ending it, And you're not taking these spirits with you when you leave from that area
1: oh that makes sense
2: Hmm. it actually
1: falls into our next question
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is can demons follow you home and have they ever followed you Keith
2: Uh, well as far as following yes uh, demons can follow you home they can Um, it's not that they always do but there are times when they they do uh, they can and will follow somebody, um, especially if they can trick somebody, deceive somebody into actually giving them an invitation. We um worked on a case this is uh when Sandra and I were still with the with TAPS, with the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Mm-hmm. We were sent on to this case in Massachusetts, uh, Marlborough, Massachusetts, where this um woman was uh, trying some amateur ghost hunting with her um, family. And she went into an uh, abandoned asylum, and suddenly she felt overcome, just overcome with this sorrow. And she felt it was a child. She really got the impression it was a child spirit. Uh, and she felt this uh, terrible sorrow for this uh, child spirit. And she, she said, well, you're so lost and alone. Please, you know, come to me, and I will help you all I can. Oh, boy. And, oh, of no. course, that spirit took her at her word and and. She went home uh, what was manifesting when she got home was not certainly not a little girl. it uh was very terrifying and uh, causing a, a terrible ruckus in her house. She was on the verge of um actual possession by the time we got there she had um her family said she had been taken over at one time so um it's good that she contacted us when she did because that but that's just a that's just one example of um somebody. Inviting a spirit, and it did follow, follow her home because it took her at her word and took that as an invitation. Um, it can be more that's a, that's a very obvious example, but it could be more subtle than that. Uh, if somebody's doing a spirit session in a cemetery, there are certain spirits that will follow you home. We um, we take Sandra and I take precaution, and uh, our group members do. You know, of course, and we have some wonderful group members in our organization. Um, Nathan, wait, wait, I believe, wait. is on the chat today. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as you know him very well. And um, But we, we all take precautions when we're going on a uh, intervention for a family or just an investigation. We always um, pray at the end that nothing unholy or unnatural will attach itself to us or follow us, only that which is angelic and of God. We always make that very, very plain. And um, I wouldn't say we've been followed home, but we know we're being watched. I mean, that there are okay. spirits that have made that obvious that we are being watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will do that through EVP. Even if you're not uh, recording for electronic voice phenomena, spirits will speak into it, and they will let you know that you're being followed, that you are at least being watched. Maybe not being followed from a location, but you are always being watched once you get into this line of work. But we do take precaution that uh, spirits are not going to follow us home from an investigation site or from a client's house.
1: Hmm. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's interesting. And it, it we talked about, uh, you know, how they can deceive and, and they do. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, people do EVPs or they'll they'll uh, do uh, dowsing or, or maybe uh a, a table board, uh, board or, or whatever. And they'll think they'll be talking to one person, but there's no guarantee. It's, that's the person you're talking to. I mean, there are, they, there's no written law, law that says they can't deceive you or lie to you basically. And, and that I, happens a lot, I think at times.
2: Yes. Yes. We've, we've certainly known it to happen. We've known it to happen a number of times. And, um, Of course, dealing with a case of um, demonic possession is extremely—well, it's it's rare, of course, but it's uh, also extremely dangerous. However, um, when we have worked on cases such as this, we have found deceptive spirits that will pretend to be somebody else at first. uh, Until you start bringing religion into it, you start talking about religion, and I've done this very, very subtly, very subtly— you know bringing uh, religion into it and uh, suddenly you can tell by their reaction that suddenly this deception stops and these uh, types of evil spirits or demonic spirits will reveal themselves for what they really are because uh, they cannot cannot tolerate this talk of uh, anything holy or anything that is uh, talking about the resurrection or angelic anything like that that will hmm. usually cause the uh, demonic entity to reveal its true nature
0: Wow. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. I hope I never run into one, but. Right. Well, it's it's very
2: rare. It's very rare. uh, But, I mean, we are sometimes called into situations such as this. And even though this is, you know, our line of what we do, even for us, it's um, quite rare to be called into a genuine, uh, genuine case of demonic possession. Um, Thankfully, it is quite rare.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, my goodness.
1: So. Keith, what is your training in, in demonology?
2: Um, my training is uh, studying for um, many years. I did feel I was called into this line of work when I was very young. But, of course, over the years I've made many, you know, I had to do all the bumps, make many mistakes as well. Uh, it's been training, reading, and um, reading all I could on the subject and uh, talking with others working with others who have been involved in it. Uh, I never went to a school of demonology. <laughs> it's, um, oh, yeah. To make that plain, I <laughs> never went to demonology 101. <laughs> graduated. Um, you, don't have your, you don't have
1: your $25 uh, uh, diploma?
2: Right. Well, <laughs> some, some people do. Some people do. Some people will offer this and uh, will, you know, charge for a for, you know, certificate, a graduation. But, um, I mean, there is obviously training for clergy at the Vatican and uh, I've right. never done that and um you know the uh, term demonologist means that I have studied this I've studied it for a number of years uh, I've worked with some very reputable people in the field uh but I don't I don't claim that I'm the expert and um you know there are others many others in the field as well uh that call themselves demonologists hopefully they are in it um Hopefully Just, you know, know what to help like. people for an altruistic person and purpose and uh, you know I, I've never been to the Vatican and studied under there but um, mm. that's that my study has been um, studying on my own and my personal experience and uh, prayerfully going through this and like I said you know I've made mistakes along the way of course and um, everybody has but you, you learn you learn from your mistakes and you grow from that
1: right now what was your thoughts on this live exorcism that they did on tv
2: oh my. <laughs> yes um I, I didn't i didn't personally see it i I heard about it i knew it was going on um and that could be well First fortunately one, do think, it was do you, do you uh, think it's ethical long, what's that do you think it's ethical to start with well i think I think it can be uh, very dangerous. I actually do think something like that could be very dangerous. Um, fortunately, you had a, um, you know, a man there who has m- many years of experience in this, um, Bishop Long, uh, very many years of experience in this. Yeah. However, there are many people, there are young people who are watching this and think, oh, I, I can just, I see this on TV. I can just walk through there and I can, uh, I can do the same thing. That's where the right. danger comes in um you know it's a great deal of responsibility in doing something like that because you are you your viewing audience is the general public the general public of all ages and um who's to say there's not some um, you know 8-year-old kid watching this as as well as adults and uh oh, sure. not all children are supervised what they watch and uh that's that's where it becomes very dangerous that a group of teenagers think they can just go in there and do it, and it's uh it's safe these people were not harmed so um, i I think if something like that is aired publicly, there should be a lot of disclaimers about this and emphasize the dangers um, and it, it looks very looks very fascinating to do this, but uh, it's extremely extremely dangerous, especially for young people who are very very uh impressionable so that's where I think the dangers comes in, and that's what I I tend not to agree with.
1: Right. Makes sense so, to me. Yeah, before we uh, forget, uh, you, you want to give out your website and how people can get a hold of you and see what you're doing?
2: Sure. Our website is nearparanormal.com. That's W-W-W, Uh near, N-E-A-R, play in our words, New England Anomalies Research on right. our, our group, nearparanormal.com. And you can find our website there and our contact info. And we also um, list all the public appearances we'll be making, um, mm-hmm. upcoming appearances, what we're doing, and all about our our TV show, Ghost Are Near. So we're very accessible and we're very easy to find. It's just uh, either Keith and Sandra Johnson or uh, nearparanormal.com. And uh, we usually, people can find us pretty quickly. Very accessible.
0: Excellent, and that's also on our Facebook page, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We also have that link posted, just
2: so people know. Good, thank you very much. You're Excellent. welcome.
1: Now, do you ever work with Cal uh, anymore?
2: Yes, yeah, we work together. Um, we work together quite frequently, and that's uh, because we both work at Slater Mill, old Slater uh-huh. Mill uh, in Pawtucket. The uh, birthplace of the American Industrial Revolution, and of course, you know, we do the uh, daytime tours and everything. Uh, we also do the ghost tours, which Carl um, he originated there um, several years ago. And we, of course, the Halloween season just got over, and that was a very, very busy season for us at Slater Mill. People coming in to do the uh, the ghost. Yeah, you know, you, that is what we do every year. Very, very immensely popular. Mm-hmm. So Carl and I do work together uh, frequently at Slater Mill. Mm-hmm. And do you ever, like,
1: go on investigations together sometimes when you ever have a joint investigation with, with him,
2: or, or is that uh, no longer happening at all? Well, we we used to quite frequently in the past. It's just um, we haven't had much opportunity to do so. Lately, you know, with our um, our own personal ske- schedules and, you know, yeah. of course, we have daytime jobs as well. So it's not, um, you know, in the uh, kind of the younger days, as we call them, we used to investigate <laughs> with each other quite frequently. Yeah. <laughs> Just the um, opportunity does not present itself as uh, frequently as it did. Uh, we yeah. used to go, go out as a team together. But uh, mostly when Carl and I are working together, it's usually for the ghost tours or investigations. At Slater Mill, if it's a private group as well, um, uh, we you know, certainly I, I would, do okay. go when we are able to. Yeah, I was always
1: curious that, that you know how it would be working with a twin brother on an investigation. Uh, I, 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 is it? I was just trying to think: is it easier for you or more difficult? That's that's what I was kind of getting at. I guess trying to find out. Uh, because I don't think I could work with my brother, I know that. <laughs> mm. You still oh. there?
0: Is he still there? Oh no! Oh. Uh, Karina says he is still there.
1: Keith, you still with us? Keith?
0: Mm. Okay. I know, we're almost at the end. We can't lose him now. Come back, come uh, back.
1: He's still, according to the thing, he's still on the line, but...
0: Uh, okay. All right, oh, so... I just lost the audio.
1: Yeah, maybe oh. we lost the audio on it. Okay. No clue. All right, so once again, paranormal has stuck its ugly head in our show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, all all good tips that he suggested this evening, because... So many times, such as uh, you know, we had a lot of things going on at Spirit Quest. We had seances, we had table tipping, we had you know the uh, the Ouija boards, and always a good idea, you know, to do that closing thing. And I don't think people always think about it. I know I don't, and I think that that is a good practice to employ.
1: Oh, I agree. You know? I agree.
0: And that should people need to think about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's an important thing. And, and same with opening when you open open the uh whatever, whether you're doing table tipping or a seance or a Ouija board, you know, open with a, a little uh prayer protection or whatever whatever you want to call it. And uh mm-hmm. you know, close the same way. I just think it's uh a great idea. And it looks like we did lose him. So uh oh, I'm sorry. Uh must have been the brother question.
0: Yeah, <laughs> something we said. Oh, no. But,
1: well, probably oh, no. me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Nice work, Ron. Yeah, I know. Scare salted, the guest away. Mm-hmm.
1: Selt another guest. Uh, Good
0: job. Good yeah. job.
1: Oh, yeah. My anyway. goodness. So anyways, I understand that's uh, somebody's birthday
0: tomorrow. Maybe.
1: Maybe. 39 <laughs> again.
0: 39 again tomorrow. Yes. Me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's me.
1: So, so are you excited?
0: I am excited because it's just a veritable uh, week-long celebration around around my house when it's my birthday. Mm-hmm. It's birthday week, birthday week. So, birthday week. Birthday week. Well, it's going to be birthday weekend. Birthday weekend. No. I got. Uh, I have the day off from work tomorrow. Lovely little, lovely little uh, perk that was written into our contract. Really? By our awesome board of directors. Yes, we get our birthdays off. Well, you know, when you can't give somebody a lot of money, you have to give them something. you <laughs> so, <laughs> got an office. What do you want? So I know. I know. I have an office and I have a door. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, very grateful for that. So that will be awesome. We get to sleep in tomorrow and have a nice relaxing day. There you go. Yeah.
1: So uh before I forget and I've been meaning to do this for a long time is uh Maddie uh one of the girls that went to SpurQuest uh from Jersey and uh she sent me uh a pair of Pilot pens uh as a thank you and I thought that was very very nice. Oh, that's I, I wanna, sweet. I wanna, She's sweet. Yeah, I do want to thank because I, I I believe she listens to the show. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. They actually have a little light in them so you can write in a doc.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for automatic writing. There you go. And ghost hunting. And ghost and hunting. Because yep. yeah. you always need something like that.
1: Yeah. That's well, Keith, I hope I didn't insult you too
0: badly. Oh, uh, I'm so I don't sorry. Know what
1: happened, and I, I do apologize, Keith, if I did offend you in any way. Uh, but <laughs> apparently he's been summoned.
0: Oh, so. no. <laughs> Well, it was wonderful to have him as a guest on the show, and I'm glad that he could uh, come on with us. He has appeared with us on our live video broadcast. Which uh, can be
1: seen, by the way, if you did miss it, you can uh, see it where in?
0: Uh, if you go to www.ebctv.org, and all of our shows are listed there on the Video on Demand tab. Just click on that tab and. Scroll through the playlist till you find Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And uh, all 23 of our shows are all posted there. And uh, we also distribute our shows through uh, mass media, through uh, uh, mass access. So if you have a local cable access uh, facility in your town, call them up and request – that they play Ghost Chronicles Next Generation and they can download it for free uh, from mass media. Really? Yes they can. If oh, they're wow. a mass access, I think that I believe they have to be a mass access member. So
2: Hi. Hi, Hi my on again. Back. Hi, Keith. Hi, he has. We got we keep getting cut off, so I'm on my oh. cell now, so hopefully that worked, you know. Well, actually, few we're just minutes, about anyway. out
1: of time, believe it or not.
2: Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but, we,
1: we, but, we, you know, I I thought it was something I said, and if I did, I apologize for whatever it was, because I just Oh, no. <laughs> yes.
2: I think it's sometimes the subject matter sometimes. That way, it, really, it really does Probably. seem to affect it, yeah. you know
1: uh anyways uh we j- we are just about on the time unfortunately so uh, i do want to thank you so much for coming on the show it was really interesting it really is because you brought up a lot of good points and i think uh our listeners will have a lot to think about uh after listening to the show would you agree Ian? Good. Well, yes
0: absolutely food for thought <laughs> yep lots of good things thank you so much keith it was wonderful do, having do you you. Anything- oh, you're, you're anything-
1: very welcome do you have anything coming up uh, that, that uh, if somebody wanted to go see you, they could do it or, or hear you whatever?
2: Yeah. Well, not, not immediately, but some things are always coming up. Of course, we were just at Comic-Con this past weekend where a lot of people came up to see us, but, um, and we greeted the public there. But we things always come up, so always check our website, and that will list all the events that we're going to. Uh, we might, might be doing something soon in Massachusetts, so at Dighton Rock. So yeah, cool. that's uh, going to be listed on our website.
1: Yeah. Excellent. And of course, uh, and the Spirit Course is coming up in September next year, which is Spirit Course Angels and Demons. And I've been talking to Keith, and I, I'm very hopeful of having that young man with us.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I would very much like to participate.
1: Yeah, we would love to have you. So, anyways, uh, this the heartbeat. So we got to go. Keith, thank you so much. Oh,
2: you're very welcome. God bless you both. Yep, God
1: bless you. you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Good night. Well, that was good. Shot for good. So I'm glad he uh, came back uh, on. So I know I'm not mad at him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So good night, everybody. Look for us next week with our live video broadcast next Wednesday. (laughs) Thank you. Happy Thank you very much. Quick before he starts singing full-blown. Good night, everybody.